You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Late Night Football's Premier League preview series for 2020-2021. Uh, we previewed Liverpool and Manchester City season yesterday. So if you've missed it, please check it out at the end of this episode. The link will pop up at the end of, the sh- of this show. Uh, please also remember to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Uh, we want to hit 50 subscribers by the end of this series. So please help us reach our goal. Uh, your support is really, really appreciated uh, by everyone. So uh, welcome back. Adarsh, Pushkar, Sahil and Sadan. Welcome back to the show. You guys made it back again. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having Hi. us. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, it's great to have you guys back again. Uh, all right, we, pre- we were previewing uh, Manchester City and Liverpool yesterday. We're going to preview Manchester United and Chelsea today. Uh, there's a lot to get through, so let's just get right into it. Uh, let's begin with Manchester United since they finished third uh, last season. So uh, we'll go with that. And first up, most important question to show, got to ask it right away. What's the over-under on the number of penalties that United are going to win this season? How many are they going to win? <laughs> 38. <laughs> Thirty-four. <laughs> One for each game. Uh, Adarsh. Yeah. Thirty-four. Just the same Josie number as when the week. When the week. Uh, so, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's actually oh, won the is, penalties for Ajax last season. So. By yeah, that logic, can right. I ask what is uh, Fernandez's jersey number? I think it's uh, isn't it twenty? It's eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I will go with that. <laughs> okay. I think we have a whole season of Bruno, so it's probably like. A lot more than last season. Plus, Van de Beek, <laughs> as you all know, has won so many penalties in the Dutch division. So, like, diver meets penalty merchant, like, best combo ever. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Whatever wins his games, honestly. Yeah, we got Marcel Rashford. We might have Sancho. You know, maybe who knows? Um, so yeah, we're gonna have like lots of penalties now. Uh, well, so, well uh, uh, people who listen to the show, tell us how many penalties do you think Manchester United are gonna win this season. I'm going with 30. I think there'll definitely be 30 penalties. I think as long as as long as and they will all and and here's the thing, they will all be legit. That's what I'm saying. They'll all be legit. Uh, last season there were two that were not legit. I think this season all of them will be legit. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see how that goes. Uh, but uh, all right, let's get serious. Uh, United finished third last season, and uh, you know fans expected quite rightly we expected a bit of transfer activity for Manchester United, and that hasn't quite happened so far. Only Donny Van de Beek has signed. Uh, I mean, this is quite an obvious question, but do they have the strength and depth to finish top four? We know last season they were, they were knackered by the end of the season, but Sahil, do you do you think they have the strength and depth, not for a title challenge, but do you think they have that strength and depth to finish top four? Um, so, I think there is enough strength and depth to finish top four because we tend to forget, but since Runo joined, we've been top of the table if you take the table just from the game he's, from the first game he played. So, there is obvious quality in the first 11, but I think... There is, but we uh, to to go to the next level. I think there's obvious deficiencies in the, in the squad. You need a left-footed centre back. I think Oli's been crying out for one for long. You need a right winger because Mason Greenwood is good, but he's more of a finisher and not a creator. And you need someone like obviously the obvious candidate is Jaden Jaden Sancho. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's also talk of a of of a, of a left back. They want um Sergio Reguilon from Real Madrid, but I'm not sure if that is the top priority. I think Luke Shaw. Did okay. He wasn't the best, but I think he was saying okay. 
Um, but obviously, I think a left-footed centre-back and a right-finger is absolutely needed. Uh, I think in centre-back especially, I think we are out of depth because apart from Lindelof and Maguire, and Lindelof, again, he's shake, He's actually pretty shaky. He, like, he looks like he's very panicky when he plays, so I don't really trust Lindelof too much. But apart from that, I think Eric Bailly, Phil Jones, Axel Tuvansi, they're all very, very, very injury-prone. Chris Walling is leaving. Marcus Soho, I don't think he's coming back or can't be trusted either. So yeah, I hope not either. But yeah, I think there's enough quality, especially in midfield, like there's enough individual quality. And I think Ole's system basically serves to the players' quality. So he all his big players, um, they they are they have the ability to express themselves in whatever in on the field under Ole. So that's obviously great. But there are obvious deficiencies. I think defend defending, I think it's a little comic the way we defend, but somehow we Ended up conceding 20 less goals than last season, so Maguire has made a difference. But he needs a better partner. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Adarsh, I'll say this: uh, you mute yourself, and you 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 derive listeners of the joy to your reactions because you mute yourself. I mean, I know we should do these videos because I think every time somebody makes an answer, Adarsh <laughs> has the best reactions like to everything that this uh-huh. you know hits him. <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, and, you know, you made that point, Pushkar. I think uh, you know what 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 positions do you think they need to strengthen in? Um, uh, 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 I think like uh, they have decent enough quality to like maybe fight for fourth as of now. So and like as the season goes on, you have like no one throws away the Champions League, obviously. So they try to uh, play good at all in all tournaments. So as the season goes will go on, I think they might struggle more and. In case, like, uh, in terms of like adding quality, I would say a good bench strength and maybe like someone who can rotate more easily, especially in defense. Mm-hmm. But I cannot make a very good like comment on how United play because I haven't seen that many games. No, that's they awesome. definitely had a good run towards the end of last season, mm-hmm. and I'm also not convinced with how Ole is running the club, uh, running the team. I I don't. Yeah. I think he lacks depth as a manager in himself rather. So, like, there are two, three factors to it. That's a very bold claim, but I'm sure a few people might agree, may not agree uh, on that. Uh, but we'll park that for a second about Ole. Uh, we'll talk and uh, we'll talk about uh, about uh, the, the additions and, 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 and that. Because one of the things that we, as Asylum mentioned, I think we talked about a left-sided centre-half, we talked about a left-back, a backup left-back. Uh, possibly uh, Sergio Reguilon, uh to come. So if if those guys come, you'd have to assume that uh, Brandon Williams will probably be the backup right back in that case because he signed a new contract. Uh, and then does that mean it is the end for Axel Tuanzebi and Tipun Timothy Fosu Mensa? Those are the guys who are probably going to be the most impacted at the moment. Um, it's it's sad because I had a lot of hopes from both of those guys. I'll be I'll be honest and say when they broke in four years ago under Van uh, Van Hal and Mourinho, I thought I had a lot of expectations, but just too injury prone, right? Hasn't worked out for them, Sahil. So first of all, I think I don't think that's a way back for him in the squad because he was he played a I think three four games after lockdown uh, after restart and he somehow held his own, but I think he wasn't convincing at all. Like he was dreadful going forward. So and I think he. Even like all the loans he's been to to fill him to Crystal Palace, he hasn't convinced at all. So I don't think right back is his natural position, anyways. He seemed like more of a defensive midfielder or a centre back. I think that's mm-hmm. the that was the talk when he was coming up in the academy. Yeah. Axel Tuanzebi, on the other hand, I was just looking at his injury record um, 
I think yesterday and I saw that he had a lot of injuries this season. So I think he he will probably get one more season at United to prove himself because he had a really good season with uh, Tyrone Wings in the championship when Aston Villa got promoted. So he has some credit under his bank. I definitely think I think Fosamensha is probably only good enough to be like a extreme emergency cover. He shouldn't be like a second choice right back for the club. I think that's not good enough. Uh, I think Twanzibi could make an impact this season though. If he can maintain his fitness, that's really important. Yeah, and yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, but yeah, yeah. you know, such are the the vagaries of that. But another place that uh, we're talking about last season, challenging, uh, was the goalkeeping slot. Uh, you know, lots of errors from David De Gea, and uh, we talked about getting Dean Henderson in. And Adarsh, I know you've been advocating that change for a while. I've seen you on social media talk about it like every time. And now you're not the only one. There's someone else as well who keeps talking about changing goalkeepers. Um, but you know, it looks like we're going to have that this season. We're going to have David De Gea and Dean Henderson competing at Manchester United for the number one slot. Is that? There's no doubt that you know both of them could use the competition. But is that a good thing for either of them? Because you could easily have a situation where De Gea finds his form. He's done pretty well. He did pretty well for Spain uh, in the last game that they played in the Nations League. Now there's already talk of him like, oh, he's you know probably back in form. So if, if for example, he finds form and starts playing well, you could have a situation where Dean Henderson doesn't play any games at all, and then he's missed a year of his development, right? Is that a healthy situation to be in for the club? Uh, I don't think so, because David De Gea, his, his time at United is, like, for the first team, I think, personally, for me, it's over, because he has been struggling with his form for, like, past two years now, since the last World Cup, and he has not been the same after that, and Dean Henderson has been... Like, Proving himself in the like in the Premier League itself with Sheffield United, and uh, like he has been a sweeper keeper for them as well in some games, and he has been a decent distributor of the ball as well. So if United tends to be a ball distributor, like have a ball distributor keeper, and uh, Dean Henderson could like fill in some good boots. As uh, like David Dehia is a good keeper, but he needs competition to be honest in that place because he doesn't have a good competition. At first, I used to think like Romero is a good one, but uh, like as seeing his age, I don't think he is a good, like decent backup for him anymore because the age speaks for itself. And once Dean is back, like he is already back. Once he is on the pitch, like he'll be pushing some limits for David De Gea as well. Although if he is back for uh, like for the first team action, if he is back in the form, it's like a cheers moment for United fans overall. Yeah. Yeah, it's just my concern mentally. I think when you think about it, is uh, you, I, I, De Gea is on 350k a week. I don't think you can have a 350k a week goalkeeper on the bench for a long time and not have like some instability. And if you think about it, uh, every time you know Dean Henderson will start, and if he makes a good save, uh, you know Sahil, guess what's going to happen is the camera is going to go to David De Gea, right? Like, what does what does he think? Like, what what's his reaction? Same thing if he makes a bad clangor, if he you know misses one thing, again they'll look, they'll try to see what De Gea is thinking. And it's the same the other way around. Every time De Gea is going to make a mistake, they're going to look at, oh, now surely this is a time for Dean Henderson to start. You know, there's going to be this whole media pressure uh, at, on both goalkeepers. I mean, is it is it healthy? Is it feasible? I mean, is it you know is it good for the players, but also is it good for the club to have that kind of instability? Sahil? Uh, no, I think this might be the best thing that has happened to David De Gea and the goalkeeping department at United in general since uh, World Cup 2018 because I think David De Gea. 
might be fair to say that he got a little complacent about his position because Romero was very accepting of his um, backup position. So I think when Henderson comes in, like if you look at the interviews, he sounds very, very confident. He's not someone who's happy to like just learn from De Gea and be second choice. He he wants to go to the Euros next year. He wants to um, challenge for the challenge for number one. He wants to be number one. So I think that really uh, like that's probably fires up De Gea as well, which is very important because um, I think it's fair to say that. It, if De Gea reaches like 80% of what he was before World Cup 2018, he is in a conversation for the best keeper in the league because he was that good like for like three, four years for three, four years at a stretch. So, and I think there's a lot of talk about De Gea not being a good distributor. Obviously, he's not as good as Ederson or Allison, but I think even then, there were, there were times when De Gea would somehow just like find Marouane Fellini, Fellini's head uh, out of everyone on the field. So, I think he, he still has that kicking in him, but obviously, he's not a good short passer, but I think that's what with Dean Anderson at the club, Dahia has to push himself more. He has he cannot be uh he cannot like start to lower his standards. So he has to like if anything better his game. So I'm ex- expecting to see Dahia be even like be a lot better than last season this season. When and if he's not, I think we have a good backup in uh, Dean Henderson who's probably good enough to start for the club after showing what he's done last season. So it's I think it's a I, good situation for the club in general. Yeah, I don't think the wages part is a bit of worry for United. They can easily afford it. Like yeah. big play, big clubs like United or City, they can afford like so high wages players sitting on the bench just to gain his confidence and earn his spot back. It's totally fine with those clubs. And I think even uh, Ole knows how to protect his players. So I don't think they should be really disturbed by that talk because if he if Ole trusts the player, he has been shown to protect his players properly. So I trust him with that as well. So it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, definitely will be one of the challenges that he faces. And it's a good challenge to face as well um, in this one. Uh, Sidan, did you have something to add? Or? Yeah, what I feel in this situation is uh, Ole might do something which uh, Chelsea had to do when they had both Czech and Courtois. You know? So they might actually think of playing Henderson in all cup games as well as the Champions League matches. Whereas uh, Dega will continue to play Premier League matches and slowly just phase Henderson in and probably phase Dege out, you know, so. And that might be an option as well. I mean, yeah, there was a time when clubs were thinking of having two good goalkeepers, but uh, by and large, that's rare to have two good goalkeepers uh, at the same club for a very long period of time. But uh, we did this last week, so let's, uh, yesterday, so we'll continue with this theme. Uh, starting 11 for Manchester United, uh, let's uh, let's start with uh, you, uh, Siddhant. Assuming the team yeah. as it is, uh, is as it were, uh, right now, I think yeah, pretty much. I don't think there's going to be any sign. There were, there have been any signings and any signings now. Uh, we're right. not going to be able to get them in. So, uh, what would your starting eleven be? First game. Up. Uh, if you ask me, first game with respect to goalkeeper, probably they'll start with uh, Digger. But if you ask me personally, I would have chosen Dean Henderson. You know, okay. I think I think at present he's better than Digger. Uh, then in defenders, the same Van Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, and Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, that's the best back four which they have, and they should stick to it. Uh, in midfield, uh, in the midfield, I am going for a four-two-three-one for the players which United have. Mm-hmm. So, with respect to a four-two-three-one, I would uh, choose Matic and Pogba in the midfield. You know, Matic will probably provide the defensive cover required mm-hmm. for the defenders and. Pogba can be like a box-to-box midfielder and mm-hmm. do what he does does best. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in attack, uh, the same, you know, Greenwood, Bruno Fernandes, and uh, Marcus Rashford and uh, Martial up top. You know, mm-hmm. 
being the striker the lone striker i think uh, with the current squad they have i think this is the best uh, 11 they can go forward with. all right uh, sahil do you agree with that yeah i think it will be the same team that started last season um, basically the strongest team from last season i don't think van der beek will start the season instantly he'll have to work his way into it and i think oliver will probably start with de gea till he makes blunders right probably and then drop him So I think at least you start with Dahia to like show some sort of faith confidence. Yeah. How many uh, yeah. more errors does he has to make to sit on the bench? <laughs> I don't think not a like now. I don't think he can make a lot many errors because there is a quality keeper on the bench to take his position. So probably like couple of blunders, and I think he made a lot out. of errors. Like, it's up to Ole if he yeah. has those guts to bench David Dahia. It's up to him. Hey, you know, we all yeah. thought this last season. We all thought Smalling was going to be on the uh, third choice centre half, and that you know Axel would later come in, and then he just put Axel as third choice. He pretty much made him third choice. So, you know, it's not a big deal, but he pretty yeah. much put Smalling here to go. So, you know, it it can happen. He's pretty ruthless if he needs to be. But I think the Nations League game against uh, with England, I think, will provide some clues. I think if Henderson has a good game in that one, if he plays and if he has a good game, then I think there might be some uh, some changes based on that. Uh, but anyway, uh, the. Final thing here, we did it with City and Liverpool. So uh, predictions for where United are going to finish the season. Uh, let's start. Uh, let's let's switch it up a little bit. Let's start with Pushkar this time. Pushkar, uh, who do you think? Uh, where do you think Manchester United are going to finish? I think they will be fighting for fourth uh, with Spurs and Arsenal. But I think in the end they sh- will finish fifth. Fifth. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Miss out on Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Sahil, fifth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll finish fourth if uh, if the current squad stands. But if we sign Jadon Sancho and a centre back, I think we might go a little up. But I think right now with the current squad, I think fourth is probably fourth. That's what I think. Maybe reaching third, but mostly fourth. Fourth, yeah. Um, Sudan. With the current squad, I think fourth is the best that uh, United can hope for because I don't see enough uh, power or star quality in this squad to. Mm-hmm. Above fourth, they probably need to sign some marquee players to you know climb their way up. Yeah. Okay. Adarsh. Yeah, same goes for uh, same goes for me. Uh, fourth, just below Chelsea, I would say. Okay, so three people say fourth, one person says fifth. That means our unofficial uh, prediction is that they will finish fourth this season. So that's that's a yeah. So we're almost there. <laughs> Uh, we're now going to move on to the next team. Uh, by the way, smash a like and let us know if you think Manchester United are going to finish fourth as well, or do you think they'll finish third or fifth? Uh, let us know what you think in the comment section. Uh, but we move on to our uh, second club for today. Uh, we're going to talk about Chelsea, and uh, have, they've had a brilliant summer, haven't they? Like, really amazing summer. Players have been left, right, center. Like you know, for players available, they're linked to Chelsea. They're at Chelsea. Uh, six. Signings so far. Sudant, who's the player that you're most excited to see among these? Uh, the one, the the six that that they have. Who do you think? Who, who are you most excited to see? Uh, if you ask me to single out one single player, uh, I think it has to be Zh. You know, mm-hmm. not Havertz, but Zh, because uh, I think he's going to be uh, one of our more most uh, creative players out there. And what we have sorely missed in the previous season was, you know, those through balls to the middle, uh, or uh, you know. Like really good creative assists and passes. We didn't have that in the last season. We were just uh, relying on hoofing the ball to the striker from the wings. And I think uh, Zh is a really really creative player, and uh, I think he is the one to watch out for. But if you ask me, uh, the most, the best prospect is actually 
all of these players playing together you know because the combination of uh, pulisic on one side ziyech on the other side and uh, werner in the middle i think uh, that's going to be crazy Yeah. I had some dogs barking. I don't know that was from your house, Adam. I think if there was, I think some uh, some dogs may not be agreeing with the, what you are saying. I don't know. If it was. <laughs> oh, so, I, exactly, but dogs bark, you know. That's what they do. <laughs> um, Pushkar, um, same question to you. Are you going to say Werner? Is that is that? Uh, yeah, I think because uh, towards the end of last season, like Abraham missed quite a lot of chances that Giroud had to step in, and the pressure is going to be on Werner to score. because chelsea have a good amount of playmakers pulisic started playing well they have zh i think mount is someone still uh, like he could play a part in the chelsea side as well so they have lot of playmakers and, uh, and the pressure will be on timo werner to start scoring goals immediately if he starts immediately that is and if he scores right. a lot of goals will you have a regret will you have any regrets <laughs> i think yeah because if uh, klopp made uh, like i think some some interview klopp did say that maybe not exclusively but he did say that he would like another option like uh, the main reason i think timo werner wasn't signed was because of wages the liverpool have a certain wage structure that werner didn't fit and he was never going to start in the front three at liverpool so and he was better than the uh, high profile signing for a bench you mean that formino is better than werner <laughs> No, I, I wasn't I mean, going to say like, that, but but they are different is, uh, attributes. They are different attributes. You cannot compare them like to like. That's true. They are not apples to apples. Well, okay, we had this debate yesterday. So yeah, I mean, like, it's like Liverpool against City. Like, anyway, all right, Sudan. I think last season I spoke to Nishikant about this at the review show. I think last season was a bit of a free hit for Lampard. You can like see what he do, kind of thing. This season, there's been a lot of investment, and with that, there definitely will there be pressure on Lampard to deliver. What is success going to look like this season for Chelsea, according to you? What would you count as a successful season? Uh, there is definitely going to be pressure on Lampard, no question about it, because this season we are like compensating for last season's transfer window as well as you know uh, doing a bit for this particular transfer window. So, and at Chelsea, you are never given enough time, even if it's Lampard. You know, I don't expect uh, miracles from the board or from you know roman to give lampard that a lot of time so uh, i think some sort of silverware will be a must for lampard this season you know uh, it can just be one of the cups you know the domestic cups but he needs to uh, win something and uh, he needs to be much much closer to the top spot than last season there was like a statistic which showed that chelsea were one of the uh teams which lost most number of points from winning positions so and that is not uh, the chelsea way you know it's you know there will be pressure on him no question about it if he underperforms this season uh the board actually might uh, you know start uh, they might start questioning his decisions you know i'm not saying uh, as far as that uh, he might be sacked at the end of the season but yeah he will be definitely under a lot of pressure Mm-hmm. Those results. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, we we talked about so many transfers coming in, and uh, Chelsea are not like a certain club, Manchester City, who don't have to sell before buying. But right, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you know, but one of the players that has been, I know. Uh, but one you of the forgot players, that Man City before Man City was Man City. 
yeah, that that is true. Yes, but Chelsea were Man City before Man City. But yes, but uh, these days, yes, no, that is true. That actually is true. That's what the shake. That's what the city's owner said as well. I'm the new Roman when he joined. I don't know if you guys remember. I remember that thing. Right. So I'm the new Roman. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, on that note, on talk, talking about players being out, one of the players that has been linked with the move away from the club is Angolo Kante. Uh, Sahil, right. on his day, one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, probably. Currently, maybe a bit on some people think he's on the decline. Some people think too injury prone. Do you think he should be kept? Do you think he should be sold? I think he should be kept. I think Lampard needs to find a solution for him, regardless of like how many attacking talents he signs. Because I think in like Chelsea right now, I feel like they're going to be like the Liverpool of 2017-18, where they where they just like try to outscore the other team. Like because even defense-wise, they've signed Thiago Silva, but he's not like a transformative signing. He's like a very leadership yes. dressing room um, upliftment kind of a guy. So, especially like with the whole keeper nonsense not being solved, Kepa still there. Um, I think Chelsea need like some sort of stability in the middle of midfield to like cut out all the, cut out uh, guard them against counters, cut out uh, attacks before they start. So, I think uh, he really needs to find a good partner for Kante as well. I think Mate Kovacic, he's a ball carrier. He's best resistant. But I don't. I haven't seen a lot of Kovacic, so I don't know if he's uh, good in his defensive duties. But I think just Lampard really needs to find a solution for Kante, and he shouldn't be sold at all. Especially not in this window. If he can find a solution for him next summer, then sure. But like this window, I think he really needs him to perform somehow. Do you agree as a Chelsea fan? Do you think he should be kept? Do you think he should be sold? Uh, I think he should be kept because uh, right now uh, we don't have anyone like him and. I don't think we'll find anyone like him available on the market in this particular season. Uh, I know this season, uh, the previous season, he has had a lot of injury issues. But finally, if you ask me the with respect to having a defensive midfielder who can really shield the back four, uh, apart from Kante, we don't have uh, anyone in the team, I would say. You know, there are others who could try to fit in, but you know, not that good. I don't think there's uh, anyone like Kante in the league, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, he's one of a kind. But anyway, yeah. I also think yeah. that all the talk of him being in decline is a little out of place because yes, I think he's just I not know. not in the correct place. He's just not played where he's where he's supposed to be played. He's just he's still a very good footballer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the one who says that he is in decline is uh, other says sometimes. I think you mentioned that he's in decline. Why? 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 Yeah. Do you have something to add? Yeah. Uh, uh, because of his positioning and all, because he's not been play, uh, playing in his natural position, and exactly. uh, if uh, he doesn't recover his place back in the like playing eleven and his actual natural position, I think things will like uh, actually move on like towards downwards for him. So let's see if he stays a go. I think it's uh, uh, up to Lampard now to actually manage him, and uh, you know. Let him play where he prefers to play in the central defensive midfield role, and uh, not foray too much into the attack. You know, there there should be a way to manage him. And in this season, uh, if we sell him, I think it would be foolish unless we it find. Was because him. of Jorginho, his uh, like natural position got disturbed because right. Jorginho was the guy who was given that role in place of Kante, which actually disturbed Chelsea's midfield at first place and as well as Kante's position initially. So right, see, and now Jorginho is not playing. So it's a big question to Chelsea's like midfield altogether. Uh, mm-hmm. It totally depends on Lampard, like how he plays. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. So on that note, uh, let's talk about the ideal starting eleven for Chelsea next week. First game. Uh, where do you see uh, Sudan? What do you see the starting eleven looking like for Chelsea? Uh, you know the best goalkeeper in the world, Kepa. You know because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't you see us signing. I don't see us uh, signing a replacement for him. And ideally, I think uh, no. Is this is going cup? to be. Caballero? I think. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Caballero is he still at the club? Yeah, he's still at the club. But okay. uh, I, I know that Kepa was dropped towards the end in the last season. But uh, I don't think Lampard meant to do that on a long-term basis. And if that was the case, then Kepa would already have been sold or loaned out. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there have been some suggestions that uh, you know he can still go out and there might still be a replacement, but uh, nothing uh, concrete yet. In the end, I think he will be given one more chance because you know the Chelsea board don't like to be proven wrong. So, <laughs> well, to be fair, he, he does have a difficult job, right? Being the goalkeeper and the manager of the club at the same time is not easy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But okay, so you have, you're going with Kepa to start, okay? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's then? because we have no other choice. I mean, we have Caballero, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, Kepa mm-hmm. is going to start. Uh, in the right back, uh, I know we have a choice between James, uh, Reese James, and uh, Aspiriqueta, but I think uh, James will start. I think James is the future uh, of our right back, and uh, he will stick to it. Okay. Uh, Thiago Silva and Zuma uh, will start in the uh, center of the defense, and uh, obviously Ben Chilwell at left back. You know, I think finally we have got a proper left back, and you know he is going to start. Uh, in the midfield, uh, I guess uh, since Havertz won't be able to start, so mm-hmm. it is going to be uh, Kovacic, Kante, and uh, Mount. I'm going for 4-3-3, so it will be Kovacic, uh, Kante, and Mount. And uh, in the attack, it will be ZH, Werner, and Pulisic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to look like. And it's a pretty, uh, I would say, uh, it's a very attacking side uh, on paper. So. Mm-hmm. They should score a lot of goals, but uh, we just have to see how Silva, you know, really catches up with the pace of the Premier League. Yeah. He's going to be 36. Yep. You know, so mm-hmm. be uh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> this will uh, be a good test agree? of his fitness levels. So. Yeah. Others, do you agree with yeah. that 11 or do you think it should be different? Yeah, I would agree with that 11. It's just uh, I would play Zuma back as well because uh, Thiago Silva is still new. And he is not a first team material as of now, until and unless someone goes injury prone. Because he is that guy who will back them up when they are down. So, he is there with his leadership skills. And uh, yeah, Zuma will start. And uh, along with him, I think it should be Rudiger. Uh, I may be a little okay. like a different kind of a thing there, but it has to be Rudiger for me. Because uh, no other player would fill in that role. As per what they have, the like the other players they have, because Christensen is not a first team quality player at all, and uh, Thiago Silva is too old for that to start from the first match itself. Plus, he is new, so yeah, the rest remains the same. It's just the back line which I would change a little. So, so sorry, did you you said that Kepa will start? Do you think Kepa will start or would be Billy? He is the manager. How can I just bench him? Like he is he is going to start. <laughs> all right. 
Well, uh, so there we have it. Uh, well, the final question, same again, uh, continuing our league prediction table. Where do you think Chelsea will finish this season? Let's start with uh, you. Let's start with uh, Sahil. Sahil, I don't think we've started with you, so we'll start with you this time. Where do you think they'll finish? Uh, I think Chelsea's going to finish second in the second. league this time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna be the most entertaining team in the whole league. They're just going to like... Have like some insane three, two, four, three, five, three, whatever that scoreline is. Like just like start outscoring other teams here and there. Yeah, there'll be three in the number. Like I feel like when you look at their lineup, like I feel all the players just wanna attack forwards. Like no one seems like who's set back. So should be fun. Yeah, there will be three in the number, I think, in their score. <laughs> yeah, basically more means. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, as, uh, Pushkar, where do you think they'll finish? I think yeah, I will agree with Sahil in the sense that they will try to outscore their opponents, but uh, they will finish third. Third, no, okay. Uh, Sudan. Uh, I think third is the reasonable position, but they will surely give the second person a run for the bunny. You know, I'll hope for second, but I think third is third. the right place. Yeah. Adash. Uh, yeah, same as their sponsorship name, like third. But if <laughs> Liverpool slips up, yeah. They might go to second as well. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I think I'm trying to be funny. Way too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general the the difference between first and fourth should be reduced from last season, like significantly. I think like it shouldn't be as distance. Like I think first and fourth were like thirty five or thirty three points apart last season. So it should be better than that, hopefully. Yes. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So- Okay, this is why you guys should watch the video right till the end because you always get a nice little sly comment in there. Uh, but I think we have our top four settled now. Uh, with that one, we have got uh, Liverpool at first, Manchester City second, Chelsea finishing third, and Manchester United finishing fourth. That's our prediction predicted table. We'll complete this whole thing uh, in the next episode. So please stay tuned for that one. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, we've uh, really had covered a lot of ground. Really appreciate that. So thank you guys for coming back. And uh, we've got one more uh, part left in this three-part series. We're going to talk about the smaller teams. We've done all the big teams. We're going to talk about the smaller teams next, like Arsenal and Spurs. (laughs) I'm kidding. But we are going to talk about Arsenal, Spurs and a few of the other teams in the league. And we're also going to talk about a few other topics uh, that that are worth talking about. uh, That were talking points last season. We're going to try to cover those as well. So please stay tuned for that. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Pushkar, Adarsh, Siddhant and Sahil. Thank you for joining again today. And we'll see you back again tomorrow. Uh, take care, guys, and uh, yeah. thank you so much for having Rohit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, take care, and guys, uh, if you're listening to this video, please remember to like and share the video if you liked it, and please do hit the subscribe button. As mentioned, we want to get to 50 subscribers by the end of this uh, show, so please help us reach that goal as well. So, thank you so much, and see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans and anybody else you know or don't know. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook via the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care.